Why do we need self-care? Why is it important? It's because we're missing dedicated time for leisure. And our culture just doesn't value carving out time for leisure. We just work ourselves until we can't go anymore and we're forced to take a vacation so that we don't have a nervous breakdown. Hi, welcome to Wild and Beautiful. We're Joanna Hyatt and Lauren Enriquez, your co-hosts who every week are helping you live out your faith in a way that's biblically rooted, but culturally relevant. Okay, so last week was National Donut Day, which was great because I happened to be picking up donuts um, for school for one of the kids. But it reminded me of when we visited you, Enriquez, in Houston, and we went to Voodoo Donuts. Mm-hmm. Those donuts are insane. Crazy. They bubble gum on them. They had, I mean, I don't know. There was so much sugar packed into that. It was amazing. Are you a donut person? I, I love donuts. I'm not sure. I haven't been to Voodoo and I know that they put like cereal on top of them a lot. Yes. I'm not sure about that. Yeah. I love like a good like coffee roll or a cinnamon twist or just like a good solid glazed donut. I'm not sure about all the frou-frou toppings. I mean, the girls went for it, but it might've been all the sugar that they went for. The people were really very sweet there. Um, but that actually then reminded me of kind of our last meal there in Houston, which was an absolute disaster on my part. And I really just feel like it sums up my attempts at great memory making for my children. So it was the last day we were there and we were staying in this cute little area of town um, where there was like a park across from, from the, the Airbnb. And I had looked up, we could walk to this taco truck. Perfect. We're in, Me- we're in Mexico. We're in Texas. Basically. And we're going to have Mexican food. And it's going to be this really cute, like, kind of just neighborhood experience. So I take the girls out and we start walking. First of all, the weather was warmer than I had really planned for at about 435. So started off. always in Houston. Yeah. Yeah. That was a negative. And then just the blocks, the street blocks might have just been bigger than I also managed. So I'm dragging four sweaty, potentially dehydrated children down these like three or four blocks. We finally get to this taco truck. I'm like, okay, it's going to be great kids. Like, don't worry about it. And you should know going to this truck, I did have in the back of my mind, this thought, what if they only take cash? Mm -hmm. Because I was running low on cash. Like, surely it's going to be fine. It's not fine. It was not (laughs) fine, friends. So I show up, we start talking. I was using my Spanish. And then I see this thing that says, they only accept this one cash app or cash. I'm like, well, we're, we're in trouble. At this point, my children, half of them are so like red faced and flushed that the guy starts offering my kids bottles of water. He's just uh-huh. like, here, you need some water. You need So I this. said, well, I was like, sir, I don't, I don't have the means to pay you. So what do we, you know, he, finally he goes, you know what? I said, I can get cash tomorrow. He's like, just, just take the food and come back tomorrow morning and, and just bring me the cash. I mean, sweetest man to be like, let me let this poor woman with four children wander off with food. And I'm just going to believe she's going to pay me. So that will I'll just take a picture of the app. I can do this. I can download it. Of course it wasn't downloading. So I I drag my kids home. We eat another child gets stung by a bee that happened. So that was great. And I go to download the app. I realize I can't do it for some reason. I'm like, great. I'm going to have to load four children into the car. We're going to have to hit the bank because we have to leave Houston tomorrow morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was who your comes, last hurrah. Who comes to the rescue? Da, da, da. Mr. Mr. Jose Enriquez. 
Mr. Jose Enriquez, who proceeded to go ahead and pay the guy for me. Oh, Jose. <laughs> so our last meal in Texas was a total disaster. And yet, Mr. Jose saved the day. Saved the day. And my kids still talk about like, remember mom, it was so hot and you didn't have money, but Mr. Jose paid. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. I remember. And you will never let me forget it. So <laughs> my attempt at a great last family memory turned into a memory. I just don't know if it was a great one. Well, you just get to add that to your little repertoire of things that you now know in your 30s, like never go to a taco truck without cash. I don't know what I was thinking. Genuinely. I, I don't I wasn't. think I, I would be I thinking wasn't. at all by the end of a week with no help with four of my kids in another city. Like, I'm, I'm just glad you guys survived. You made it out in one piece. I'm glad no one got heat stroke. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that the child who got stung by a bee, that was their first bee sting. We didn't happen to find out at that moment that they were like allergic to bees because that would have been just yeah. the coup de gras on the whole time. Um, and I'm glad that by the end of it, like we had friends in town who could basically dig us out of this, this hole that we had gotten ourselves into. <laughs> <laughs> but all that to say, Houston's a great food place. We had a lovely time and I highly recommend for you all to go and hit up some tacos and yep. donuts. Haritos. You drink Yeah, those. so that actually fits to what we're talking about today because with summer approaching, I'm believing, mm-hmm. it's constantly raining here in Washington. I know that's so stereotypical, but I'm believing summer is coming. <laughs> we want to focus on leisure. Uh, yes. And, and just what does it look like? You know, if you have been with us for a bit, uh, I think our second or third episode, we talked about rhythms rhythms in our life. And one Mm -hmm. of the rhythms, I think for all of us, for all time is summer. There's just something that is ingrained in us. Summertime hits and our rhythm is going to be different. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of us, that includes more leisure. So let's unpack first, what is leisure and what is not leisure? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's a great book called Leisure, The Basis of Culture by a German philosopher named Joseph Pieper. And he unpacked what leisure is. I think most of us think of it as just like downtime from work, you know, resting Mm -hmm. so that we're Mm -hmm. prepared to go back into the work week. But there are a lot of Christian philosophers that kind of look at it the other way around. They say we, we accomplish our work week so we can care for ourselves because our life should be oriented around leisure, not laziness. So leisure and laziness are not the same thing, but leisure is when we are at peace, at rest, finding time to pray. Um, one, one website described Peeper's um, definition of leisure as finding time to pray, to appreciate nature and all existence, to make scientific discoveries, time to write, time to listen to and write music, to write literature, to read literature, um, a time to study your favorite topic, uh, produce art. You know, um, obviously watching Netflix would be a way of resting and maybe it could be considered leisure, but really leisure is the things that we get to pursue when we're not in kind of the daily grind of work and childcare and chores. Um, So yeah, and summer is a time when we can often orient a little bit more of our life around that practice. That was nice of you to reference Joseph. That (laughs) book, I wanted to throw it against the wall about a thousand times. Me too. It's so tough to read. Friends, you can go read it. It's a good book. It's just a really 
tough one for me. <laughs> yeah, I learned in college. So I didn't know this going into college, but we had to read at Ave Maria. You had We had to read Leisure the summer before we started college as part of freshman orientation. And I was like, oh man, if this is college, I don't know about it because I didn't like the book either. And I realized it's people either love or hate the way that German philosophers write. Joseph Ratzinger, Pope Benedict XVI, I love him, but I don't like reading him because he's another German philosopher. And they have this like, they go in circles where they start somewhere and they take you on a journey, then they come back to where they started and then they do it again and again. And I threw multiple books by German philosophers that I had to read in college. I literally threw them up against the wall so in the see, middle of reading them because just it's just not my style. It's not, but good stuff in there. And, mm-hmm. and I was thinking as you were saying that, when I hear that, what I think leisure is, is what are those things that feed the soul? So yeah. sitting in front of, you know, like the TV, uh, for an hour allows us to maybe unplug. Mm-hmm. But long-term, is that a healthy practice of leisure? Because it's not really feeding into the soul. And that's mm-hmm. where, I mean, I've never understood people um, who think life is boring. I think the last time I was bored was in sixth grade because mm-hmm. there is just so much in this world to be enjoyed, to be experienced, and not in a carnal, like, live it up, YOLO, uh, but but more in a sense of like, man, God has made life to be so interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fact that that you can put notes together to create music, the fact that we yeah. get to plant and like cultivate and and add beauty to spaces, big or small, with with seeds and flowers and and nourish our bodies that we can put in green and cook and it's just there's just so much and then we can read, we can read what other minds our thinking, we can read stories, we can learn. I mean, I just find life so fascinating. Mm-hmm. And and leisure, we often think leisure is just, it's no work, it's unplugging, it's, it's just having fun. And it is enjoyable, but I think it's an opportunity to um, slow down enough to experience the goodness of God mm-hmm. in the everyday life. Yeah. And there's a difference between being so burnt out that all you can do is sit and watch Netflix in order to get your brain cells back together, you know, mm-hmm. and th- and that that's fine. I mean, there's nothing wrong with resting and letting your brain have a break. Um, but that's different from leisure. Leisure, uh, ideally, you're doing it with energy and creativity. And a way that we're different from the rest of creation is, you know, animals have to take naps. We have to take naps. That's a way that we're similar to other creatures. But what makes us unique is our ability to reason and our ability to love, our ability to be creative. These are things Mm -hmm. that are found in the creator and being made in his image. These are uniquely human things that we can do. Um, And so it's really, I think the reason that some people focus on leisure as being central to our life and not an afterthought, not just a form of rest, um, is because this is where we actually practice something that's so uniquely human when you're making music, you're <laughs> everything that we can create in our minds already exists in the creator because there's nothing exists that doesn't exist in him. So it's kind of a chasing after him and finding, exploring his mind. There's nothing new under the sun, but when we create something we've never heard before, it's new to us, mm-hmm. but it existed mm-hmm. in him all along. So I think that's why leisure has a lot of primacy for a lot of Christian thinkers um, because it's a way of 
kind of chasing after the mind of God. And it's hard to do that when you're in the daily grind and you're just working and studying and doing your chores. You have to set aside dedicated time to do that and to teach your kids to do that, which uh, at least in my case, my kids have a lot more leisure time this summer than I do. So it's how do I kind of structure their day with their babysitter and everything to make sure that they're doing some productive things and not just playing video games. (laughs) But I think that's like, I had a friend once who said, you know, there is still work to be done in rest. I think that applies to leisure. It's there, there is still a a purposefulness about it. Um, and, And when I look at scripture, what you don't see is Jesus took two weeks and he had a vacation and then he went back at it. Uh, and I think our kind of culture, at least in the West, says mm-hmm. like you work, 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 and then you have a vacation, yeah. and you totally unplug, and then you come back and you do it again for another yeah. fifty weeks. But and you when take I look a vacation at because otherwise you're going to <laughs> fall apart or something. <laughs> exactly, and and then you you almost need a vacation from the vacation because if yeah. you have kids, it, it's not a vacation; oh, yes. it's a trip. Let's mm-hmm. just be clear: you need a vacation from the trip, but that's a different episode. Um, And so when I look at scripture, I actually see this rhythm where leisure is built into the life of every individual and the life Mm -hmm. of the body. So, of course, we know in creation, God worked six days and then the seventh day he rested and he delighted in what those previous six days had accomplished. Now, we all know God does not need to take a break. God's not like, oof, I'm burnt out. But it was a gift that he gave to us by setting that example of saying, Hey, guess what? You can work, but then there's a time to rest and enjoy Enjoy. the work that you have done. Enjoy the fruits of those labors, be able to reflect on what has happened. You know, I, I tell my girls a lot, like Sunday, our Sabbath is, is giving space for the soul to catch up. I read that somewhere. I can't take credit for it, but this idea that we're like, during the week, often we can start running so quickly that our inner life is not catching up to our outer life. And Sunday is a day of just saying, okay, slow down. Let's, Mm -hmm. let's think about what happened. Let's think about what's coming. You know, for us in our home, we don't do screens on Sundays. We will slow down. Maybe we'll do more Legos together, or we'll take a walk or just pause. And then as we, as we even look at coming into the summertime, this idea that there's a different rhythm and you can either fill it with a lot of things or intentionally make space mm-hmm. for those things that fill your soul, fill the soul of your family. And every family is going to be different and every individual is different. Some people, they love running. That would be torture for me. If like you are going <laughs> to, you are going to try to run every day. I'd be like, why? What horrible thing have I done that I deserve this? But for others, that is a form of leisure in that their inner life aligns better with their physical life because they have that time mm-hmm. and that space. Uh, you know, gardening for some people is that, or crafting, or you know, working with their hands, or working on their car, or, uh, you know, reading a book and the kinds of books we read. It just it is stunning to me how God has given us so much that doesn't actually feel like work if, if that's, if it's filling us back up. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So I just think when we look at scripture, we see Jesus regularly taking breaks, regularly stepping away uh, from the day to day. And he did it to sustain himself. And he, he spent time with the Lord in that he, he got away to a quiet place or he would go with his disciples slash friends, you know, <laughs> on the boat. And, and he made those times matter. And, and yet they weren't just like, 
lazy times. It was relational. Uh, it was edifying. It was purposeful, yet a different pace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have, I love, by the way, um, baking and folding laundry. Those are two kind of times when I can, my mind can just wander and have all these like, oh yeah, that'd be a great thing to write about. Or, oh, we should do this on our podcast. That's a lot of times it's when I'm folding laundry that my things start to make sense in my this brain. This is how we're different. I let the laundry pile up until it's at critical mass. I'm like, crud, we need to fold <laughs> oh, yeah, four loads, kids. Oh yeah, I do that kids. too. <laughs> and then I'm thinking for a long time while folding laundry. Well, so fair. I, You're I'll, just really giving yourself space. <laughs> I do have a lady that helps with the laundry, so I'm not folding all of it. My loads are leisurely. But uh, we, I was thinking about this concept that we have in our culture that seems to be so popular and it sort of feels like it came out of nowhere. And it's that concept of self-care um, that I don't know if you've seen this, like a lot, even a lot of like Christian women on Instagram, they'll talk about, this is my self-care. And I think that's, it's a great concept, but it oftentimes we don't have, there's no, there hasn't really been an explanation for like why self-care is important. Um, the, the focus seems to be on giving each other permission to pursue it but not on like why it's important in the first place. And I feel like we all kind of latched onto the concept of self-care because we are in this culture that says, or at least up until recently, it said your value comes from how much you produce and how much work you do and how busy you are. You know, if you, if someone asks you how you are and you can respond, Oh, I'm so busy. It kind of makes you feel good about yourself. But I think this concept of self-care that became so popular is like a reaction to that. It's like something is not right here, but I I can't necessarily verbalize what it is. And so that's how we got into this. Give yourself permission to treat yourself and take care of yourself. Um, So I just think that that concept, it's a recognition that something is wrong, but we need to have more of this conversation of why do we need self-care? Why is it important? It's because we're missing like dedicated time for leisure and our culture just for whatever reason, I don't know the whole history and the industrial revolution, I'm sure had something to do with it, but our culture just doesn't value or put a prime on carving out time for leisure. We just work ourselves until we can't go anymore and we're forced to take a vacation so that we don't have a nervous breakdown. And that's not really a healthy way to live, but it goes back to when we did our our uh, um, rhythms episode where we talk about how every week we have a weekend, you have a Sabbath, you know, every single day, hopefully, ideally, you have some kind of a rhythm um, or a routine that is building in time for leisure because we just need it as humans. It's a human need, I would say. I mean, you could probably blame the Puritans. <laughs> on some level, the Puritans were not known for being a people that encouraged leisure. They were about like being resourceful and work mm-hmm. workhorses. Um, but you know, that's not to say that it's not biblical. I mean, they, there is something to it because I think part of leisure also is requiring us to trust that God um, will work in our moments of resting from the work, whatever it may be. I mean, that's why sleep. Right? Even sleep is, mm-hmm. is God being like, you have to rest. Yep. You have to regenerate. I created you a f- in a way that your body is going to shut down whether you like yeah. it or not. <laughs> and that requires faith on our part that mm-hmm. God does not sleep even while we do. The psalmist talks about that. And to be able to say like, okay, Lord, I have to rest. I 
I am not going to be effective in my day. I'm not going to be effective in my work with my relationships. If I don't rest at night, if I don't take these moments and if we can find ways to build it in as a regular rhythm, we will on the whole probably, oddly, be more productive, funny enough, uh, because you'll be productive about the right things. Yeah, You will be choosy about how you spend your time when you only have a set amount of time. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, one of the things that, that I do, we are busy as a family because we have four children, but I also say no to a lot of things mm-hmm. because yeah. part of our busy is just us being together. I consider that like, no, we're not available because guess what? We're having just home. Like Mm -hmm. my kids are just playing in the backyard and I'm not scheduling us to do a lot of things. And so it looks like we're a family that's, that's not available. That's, you know, it's hard to get together with us because I actually really fight to keep us pretty, uh, unengaged outside Mm -hmm. of our home, unless it's with family or some key people, because I just know for my kids, they need that. They need that kind of downtime. And if I don't fight for it, um, it can easily get filled up because there's a lot of really good things. There's a lot of great relationships that could be fostered and great experiences. And I could put my kids in so many wonderful things uh, because financially we're in a place where we could. And yet to teach them that rhythm as well. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I felt like last summer, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go out on a limb and say last summer, we rocked it. We did summer well. Not because we did a thousand things, but because it felt to me as though we had a good balance of moments that were unscheduled and unplanned Mm -hmm. and unstructured, and then intentionally trying to make sure we did things uh, that filled us all up. And, you know, that could be everything from we went and grabbed ice cream uh, to going to the park or, Mm -hmm. or, you know, heading out to the lake for a day. And then just those moments where you just sort of say, Boredom is a good thing for you children because it will encourage creativity. And mm-hmm. we as adults lose that. Um, so so being able to say, okay, there's a difference between lazy and leisure. And we don't want to idolize. That can also become a thing. I think that's part of why the Puritans were afraid of leisure. They were afraid that things would become idols, that we would, we would elevate or attach significance to these things that are meant to ultimately point us to God, which is maybe why self-care doesn't resonate well with you because it somehow is can border dangerously on self versus saying, Lord, how am I being recharged in you? Like as believers, our version of self care is, Mm -hmm. should look different than the world's because self care should ultimately be about plugging back into Mm -hmm. the source from which we draw our energy. And it's not you know, a pedicure can be a nice thing, but like, that's not the ultimate way of recharging yeah. ourselves if we're doing that and we're still absorbing a bunch of junk. I don't know. So I think it's it's person by person, but to say ultimately like, Lord, show me what it is. How did you make me to be wired so that like, show me what it is that recharges me. Laundry mm-hmm. doesn't recharge me. Laundry yeah. depletes me. But laundry yeah. recharges you and that's yeah. great. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a good point that I've had to learn as I've gotten older is that you see these kind of stereotypical ideas of what self-care or leisure are. And you think there must be something wrong with me because I would rather go to work than do those things. And you're like, am I a workaholic? But not necessarily. Maybe you actually need to, well, some of us are really blessed that we actually love what we do and we do it in our off hours just because it's so great. (laughs) But maybe you actually need to experiment and find out what you like. Because 
you do realize as an adult, you encounter people that are finding their interests for the first time. And it's good because they're finally finding what they're interested in, what recharges them. But it's also kind of sad because they never found it up until that mm-hmm. point. So I see like, okay, people go and do spa days to recharge. Well, that's not attainable for a lot of people either because you have kids at home or it's wildly yeah. expensive. Like that sounds great, but that's not an ideal I'm ever going to reach. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are things that are simple and free that do really recharge me. But it took ex- it took exploring to find what that is. So if you don't have something that you immediately think, oh, that's my form of leisure. Maybe you need to try different things. Every weekend for the next six weeks, you know, one weekend, go on a hike. Is that your thing? Then get a pedicure. Is that your thing? Just explore and find the thing that recharges you because he did make, God did make everyone different. And he wants us to, um, to figure out what works for us and what works for our family. Um, I also like the idea that's baked into leisure of spontaneity. You mentioned like you rocked your summer last year because it sound and I don't think you said spontaneity, but it sounds like that's one of the things that made the summer so great yes. is that yes. these you didn't plan everything out mm-hmm. ahead of time. Mm-hmm. And there's something so beautiful about that, especially with children, where if you leave enough space in your rhythms and in your schedule to have those spontaneous moments, sometimes that's when the greatest memories get made. Other times it's when you, you do something spontaneous that sounds great and you end up getting stung by a bee and forgetting your wallet, but you know, (laughs) again, exploring. But it turned out to be leisurely because they played on the park and it was idyllic, you know? And they did remember it apparently. And I didn't Instagram it. So I was in the moment. (laughs) I was in the moment. That's a good point though, too, that I I think leisure is going to look different in different seasons. You know, as as moms with four kids, each of us who are still fairly dependent, you know, our our leisure has to either at least it feels like for me, like my leisure either has to fit within what's happening with the kids, um, or it needs to oddly include them. Mm-hmm. And I know that doesn't sound leisurely, mm-hmm. uh, but that's where like my kids garden with me. Gardening is enjoyable to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a joy, but I include them in that. Or my kids bake with me. Sometimes it makes it slightly stressful as I'm picking out eggshells um, or saying like, don't I cut it so small. today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, or picking up the shattered plates, right? But mm-hmm. to say like, what season am I in? And, and what does leisure look like for who I am today? But yeah. also like who God might be growing me Mm-hmm. into. I mean, I, I think there can be things we start today and we're like, yeah, I'm just interested in this. And maybe it becomes something that you get really good at, or mm-hmm. you get really passionate about uh, because it just started as an interest that you wanted to to check out. Uh, and again, I think always orienting it where God is, is first. And we say like, is this drawing me towards God or mm-hmm. away from God? Yeah. Can help us keep our leisure from slipping into laziness, mm-hmm. uh, or or um, and almost trying to just like turn on the blinders and not pay attention to life, it, or or it keeps it from again becoming an idol when it's meant to be a way of of renewing us. Yeah, I have a question for you. What do you think the role of a cell phone is in either making or breaking leisure time? And I ask that because. I'm a self-admitted phone addict. And two, I was talking to my friend at the gym this week and we were talking about how she forgot to do something that she was supposed to do because she like went on vacation. She came back and her phone was dead and she just left it dead and did house projects. And my immediate like gut reaction to that was 
that sounds amazing that you mm-hmm. just let your phone die and did house projects. <laughs> it made me I mean, more listen, aware of my need I'm to like, like, detach. I don't know if I'm a secret closet. Like I'm constantly trying to figure out how to be more granola and mm-hmm. like pioneering, which is really funny to know me. And so I, I just looking at my own life, I don't ever see the phone contributing to leisure. It detracts. Mm-hmm. If I took 30 minutes, you, know, you get on Instagram, you're like, I'm just going to look for five, 30 minutes are gone. Mm-hmm. And at the end of that, I don't feel recharged. Yeah. I don't feel edified. I don't feel encouraged. I haven't learned anything. It wasn't 30 minutes. I could have taken a nap. I could have read a book. Yeah. Uh, I could have done a puzzle. Like I could have done any number of things that for me are actually something that makes me feel okay settled, recharged. And, and so I so often find the phone calls away my attention and it mm-hmm. distracts me, but it does not lead to that inner peace. Yeah. Not in some hippie way, but just that sense of calm. It doesn't often spur me to know God more. It doesn't focus my thoughts on him. It often causes anxiety. If I'm reading something, mm-hmm. the news, um, it causes there to be comparison if I'm on social media mm-hmm. uh, or a sense of, you know, my worth is found in these numbers or these outcomes or whatever, I don't think the phone actually contributes yeah. to leisure. I'm with you. Throw I'm, it, throw it across the, yeah. throw it across the room, bury fine, it in your, yeah. in your drawer. I'm becoming more convinced that that is true. Um, for me, I can't do the cold turkey, get rid of the phone thing because of work. No, I can't and either. I really want to. I really want one of those <laughs> wise phones. I really do. I want, a, I want a dumb phone because it's so addicting. But I'm going to have to find a way of like just letting it go dead or turning it off and having my husband hide it when we do carve out those times for leisure and just to get the most out of it. Because, I, yeah. yeah, I really think the phone detracts. I agree. Like if I'm out with the kids, I'll leave my phone in the house for outside. I'll leave my phone in the house Mm -hmm. and, um, not working has, has in a lot of ways been good in that it forces me to be off the phone because Mm -hmm. I have to be present with these four little coworkers I have. Mm -hmm. And you're also not in demand as much. You just start to realize like, Oh, I don't have a full-time job. The most demanding people in my life are literally standing in front of me. Mm -hmm. They're not sending me emails. They're not texting me. They're asking me to cut their sandwich on the diagonal, not straight. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So, yeah, so I try, I have to put it away in order for it to be enjoyable. You know, Sundays, I will put my phone in a drawer or I will leave it up in my bedroom mm-hmm. and just, and not wear a phone or a watch that alerts me. I'll wear a good old fashioned watch mm-hmm. uh, that doesn't tell me if I have a text message because mm-hmm. I don't want to know. I mm-hmm. don't want to know. And you know how often I go back and I've missed a ton of things? None. None. <laughs> yeah. Turns out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like people will find a way to get a hold of you if there's something they really need. You know, if it yeah. were a family emergency, yeah. they'd call Andrew or something. Yeah. Absolutely. So I'll give you all my husband's phone number and you can contact him. It'll be great. He'll love it because he's an introvert and he'd love to hear from a bunch of strangers. <laughs> okay. We're coming down to the end of the episode. So we're heading into summer. Uh, let's talk a little more specific. What are you guys doing to incorporate leisure or are you still figuring it out? Still figuring it out. So our summer started, um, starts a little earlier than most people's. So we're getting our feet wet in the summer right now. And I haven't put a lot of pressure on myself to figure it all out ahead of time. I'm going to figure it out over the next couple of weeks. But one thing I did do and that I knew I wanted to do from before summer started was 
I created um, a daily routine for the kids that it's not intense, but it doesn't include screens until the late Mm -hmm. afternoon. So they're going to go the whole day without doing screens. And it's been working. We're doing it. They're happy. And I think it's great to have things to look forward to. This gives them the whole day to look forward to their screen time. Um, and then I've just bought, you know, extra workbooks so they can be doing, you know, they love, my boys love math. It's like their favorite thing. So math books to do in the summer and then just magnetiles, those little, um, we are raising such stick together. It's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. They read a lot, a lot of graphic novels. I'm not, yeah, I'm not policing like what they read or how many pages mm-hmm. they do, but mm-hmm. I've just given them a loose, loose structure, a great babysitter and I've banned screens. So those are the three things so far that we have figured out. And keep in mind, folks, like Lauren is a full-time working mom and that we all work full-time when we're moms, but she is a full-time paid working mom. So she that's what it looks like to try to juggle well how you have a job still that somebody else is paying you for and you've got these kids at home and, and how to intentionally cultivate their time uh, to be constructive and yet enjoyable. So at the end, the kids aren't like, well, that was three months of, I don't know what, but mom wasn't around. Like they're going to love it. Mm-hmm. And I have a feeling when you do have those moments with them, you're going to love it because everybody's going to be excited and it's going to be a great time together. Yeah. And I'm less get sick of me. <laughs> uh, mine don't have an opportunity to get sick of me. I wish they had a little more chance to, but I'm actually lucky. they don't get sick of me. I, I might get a little worn down. Uh, they're always like, mom, we just, I think they would all crawl back into my womb. Yeah. If this is a chance, great age so. with our kids because they still think they don't know any of our flaws. We're really. awesome. Yeah. We're awesome. But I was going to yeah. say, I just have yeah. a flexible employer. I'm grateful for this. I want to give a mm-hmm. shout out to the mm-hmm. pro-life orgs that know they're employing moms, any nonprofit, yes. any mm-hmm. company that knows it's employing moms and lets them act accordingly. So I have the freedom. I'm starting work real early in the morning before the kids get up so that I can be done by um, some point in the afternoon and have some time with them. So that's Love another, it. that's another thing I'm really enjoying about the summer is just getting a couple extra hours with my kids, hopefully when they would, because yeah, they're not in school. school. So mm-hmm. you, they're home. Yeah. yeah. And can we just say, I think moms are some of the best employees you could have, because yeah. I don't know anybody who knows how to order their schedule, be disciplined and oh, focus yeah. better than a mom because just necessity breeds it. So yep. if you have moms on your team, take good care of them because they deserve it. <laughs> They're probably some of your best, your best workers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, for my kids, because summer can quickly become a no schedule zone and the kids will just do Legos for like hours on end. And then everybody is a beast after four or five hours of this. Uh, I try to also create some structure. And so my kids do have like a required number of minutes they have to hit every day on reading because I'm that mom. Mm-hmm. And they then are kind of free to do, you know, we do a little bit of math or whatever, but then they're free to have like the afternoon usually. And we try to find one activity per day, but an activity that is free. So it's Mm -hmm. like, which park would you like to go to Mm -hmm. this morning? Or do we need to go to the library? And these are things that even as they, we are going out, it's still unstructured time. So once we go to the library, I'm, they each find their corners or they Mm -hmm. find their books. Or if we go to the park, like they're playing it's not me having to schedule and plan mm-hmm. all this stuff for them uh, because I think as they learn how to fill time, it it actually helps them be able to figure out what are the things that are life-giving. And sometimes we'll meet up with people, sometimes we won't. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and then at the start of summer, we usually kind of make a list of, hey, what is something everybody wants to try to do this summer, mm-hmm. right? Is like it something that. big? Like we want to go to the amusement park. I know that for one of my kids, it's like, we want to hit this place called Silverwood. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's on our list. Whereas other kids, it's like, I want to do the splash pad. Great, we'll make sure we pull out this. One child asked me, when can we pull out the splash pad and then have charcuterie for dinner? It's like, literally, that's all you need. Okay, <laughs> I can great. Do that. I can give you bread and cheese after we play in the water. Um, maybe when it's not raining outside. So when we do that, it helps the kids plan for and expect something. And it also helps me know how in the world we're going to fill our time. Mm-hmm. And, and just also f- modeling to them a slow down pace, uh, you know, on my end. And so whether that's saying we're going to like go to a farmer's market and we may not buy a bunch of stuff, but this is what it looks like to shop leisurely. Or mm-hmm. we're going to have more times of just hanging outside, just mm-hmm. playing. We do a lot of... Um, popsicles in the summer yeah and here's a pro tip turn a smoothie into a popsicle and now it's breakfast and guess what your kids think it's the most amazing thing to eat popsicles for breakfast and you as a parent win by 8 (laughs) a.m you're welcome this This is is also available to those of you that don't have children you can still eat your breakfast in popsicle form why not so i love we would like to hear how you all are planning to have leisure in your summer Um, You know, what are those different things that you're going to incorporate, whether it's rhythms or it's one-time events that are going to be life-giving, that are going to be something new and energizing, whether it's with your family, whether it's on your own. We'd love to know wildandbeautifulpodcast at gmail.com and share this episode, rate this episode, encourage other people to fold in leisure that we might be uh, a more rested and delightful people of faith.